0: All right, do we have sound going? Cool, let's do this. Hey fam, I'm Hua Tigitana and you're listening to season three, episode two of Depth and Candor, the podcast exploring ways to define and live out a vibrant life. Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare.com. And if you've never heard of Skillshare, I'm so excited to be the one introducing you to it. And if you have, you already know that it's an online learning platform that allows you to explore all kinds of business technology and creative interests. So you can learn anything from like how to create a podcast to how to write your own business proposal. And I'm not embarrassed to tell you that I've definitely taken a Flower Arrangement 101 class on Skillshare. So they offer over 16,000 classes of all kinds. That's really rare because usually if you're trying to take a class online, it ranges anywhere from like 20, 30 bucks to like thousands of dollars. So you have unlimited access to over 16,000 classes. And usually it's for a flat membership fee, but for depth and candor listeners, because I love Skillshare, I reached out to them and said, can you give my people a discount? And if you're listening to this podcast, go to Skillshare.com, create an account, and try a premium membership for two months completely free using the code Depth and Free. All right, let's go to the show. All right, so last week's episode was a hit; like it was, it was lit. Um, I talked to Jovi and Zane about living on purpose and finding your purpose and how to how to live that out daily. And I can't explain to you guys how happy I felt all week getting your messages, mostly through Instagram. So like someone said to me. They messaged me and they said, So I finally listened to your podcast and it was everything I needed to hear. It was super awesome and real. I'm currently breadcrumbing at this point in my life, LMAO. I felt hopeful after this podcast. Sometimes everything you want seems so far out of reach that you doubt the process. But I can say that today I am hopeful and so thank you. I hope to one day share my experience on your podcast, LOL. Keep it up, Puete, because you were made for this. So that message, literally, uh, I shouldn't say brought tears to my eyes because it's not tears, but it really made me feel like, all right, like I'm, I'm doing this for a reason and like this matters. And ironically, the big question I got in my inbox was, now that you've recorded this podcast, and so this is a few people asking me, now that I've recorded this podcast with Jovian how do I feel about my own purpose? Do I feel like I know what my purpose is? And it's interesting because finding my purpose and finding what it was that I was supposed to do with my life was probably my biggest struggle of my 20s. I just, I remember being like, I'm a hard worker, I'm ambitious, I just don't know what direction I'm supposed to be going in. And so that's what today's episode is going to be all about, because I really I feel like I'm finally in a place where I understand my purpose. And it's to be a storyteller and to work in spaces where I can advance how we view ourselves and our capacity to live brilliant lives that give back to society. So that's how I verbalize my purpose. And this is something I've come to a place. This is a thing I've I can now say I was made to do or that I feel I want to do for the rest of my life. But that came after a few discoveries. And the truth is, how I figured it out was way more complicated than it needed to be. I can't believe I haven't already talked about this because one really simple concept has totally removed the stress. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you extreme anxiety that I used to have around that question, what am I supposed to do with my life? But even more than that, I think that this concept is really helpful because it's super simple. And it can be used as you progress in your career and as I progress in my career, regardless of the trajectory that we end up going down. And I call this the pivot you know, I made that up for this podcast. I I literally wrote the art of the pivot. And I was like, man, that sounds so douchey. But it is really just about pivoting. You can call it whatever you want. And we're going to break it down into two parts. One is all of the internal stuff. And two is the external stuff like the economy. Okay, so let's start with a quick story. In the summer of 2010, something really special happened. Your girl turned 22 and I just graduated from Virginia Tech. So I decided that summer that after my birthday, I was going to move to New York. And I was staying in my aunt's basement in Virginia and I packed the two suitcases that I had full of clothes. So it was this one like big blue suitcase and this black beat up carry on. And I packed both bags and I was like, all right. See you, auntie. I'm going to go be a New Yorker. And I really thought that, like, I would show up in New York and I would have, like, figured things out somehow. My sister was already in New York, so my plan was to stay with her and um, and figure it out. So I get here and. Weeks go by, days go by, and I remember talking to my aunts and my mom on the phone and everyone trying to convince me that, you know, it's not too late to apply to med school, like it's still not too late to apply to a PhD program. And I had no interest in any of it, in any of it. But I knew one thing for sure, I knew that I had to in New York, so I found a job. It took me like a couple of weeks, and I found a job, and I was making no money. I was making like twenty eight thousand dollars, working as a counselor at this tiny nonprofit in the city, and I was working with pe- people with mental disabilities. And it it taught it like it really humbled me. It taught me how to be compassionate um, in ways that I hadn't been before, and. It was a really hard job. So it taught me how to have a good work ethic. Like I would wake up at 6 a.m., show up at work at seven, and then I'd be there till four or five. And usually I'd pull double shifts cause I was making no money and needed more. And I was tired, but I also knew that like I had to put in my time, I had to put in my work. And I remember telling my mom, like, this is miserable. Like, I kind of want to quit. I'm not really sure what I'm doing here. And my mom was like, what are you going to do if you quit? (laughs) And I thought my mom would would say, you know, come home. And I remember that moment. I, I thought, okay, I need to figure out a next step. So I started studying for the GRE after work every day. Tired or not, it didn't matter. Like, I would be hunched over on my little bed in the room that I rented in someone's house, downtown New York, and I would just study for hours. So let's step out of the scene for a moment. As an observer now, looking at that 22-year-old version of myself, hunched over on a bed, studying, I remember feeling super, super stressed. And it was because I thought that I should go to grad school. So the act of studying for the GRE, the thought of going to grad school, all of it was just really heavy. So everything I did was something I felt I should do as opposed to an exploration of something I actually found interesting. So I didn't ever take into account what my desires were, right? So I, at that point, thought of success as like this... door that would wait for you once you walk down this like narrow dark hallway that was difficult and you had to like fight bears and tigers to like get to the end of. And so of course you're going to feel stressed if you're studying for the GRE thinking that this is what you need to do in order to succeed. But then let's fast forward a year. At this point I had just like tried to take the GRE a couple times, wasn't succeeding, my heart wasn't in it. And I decided, you know what? I don't even know why I'm going to grad school. Let me just give myself some time. And I knew I was interested in business. I knew I was interested in healthcare. And I found a job working in, wait for it, pharma. So I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And to be honest... Like now looking back, I'm like, oh God, I can't believe I worked in the pharmaceutical industry just because I now understand how problematic the industry is. But at that point, I was really young. I was probably at that point, I was 23 and I was making like 70 or 80K. I had a car I didn't have to pay for. The company paid for us to bring someone on an all expenses paid vacation once a year. And I spent my days just like going to doctor's offices and talking to them about medication. So in in some senses, this was a pretty sweet gig, right? But there was a huge catch and it was that it was the pharmaceutical industry. And I entered it without really understanding or knowing what the industry was about. Today, I understand that it's a big part of the health problem we have in the US and all over the world. It's also a big part of the healthcare cost problem that we have. So once I figured that out, and once I really understood what my efforts were contributing to, I really started hating my job. Now this was really important for me to understand because It helped me see that success was not an all-expenses-paid vacation to some remote island. It was not making what I thought at that point was a lot of money. It was not having a car I didn't have to pay for. So, like, those things never fulfilled me. It really helped me understand that success is a lot deeper than that for me. So... I went back to thinking about going to grad school because again, that's what was always my safety. What I thought I should do was the safety. I decided, you know what? If not for the actual education of whatever I would study in grad school, I wanted to attend. I wanted to like get into the best schools in order to see if I could do it, right? So I, at this point, had gotten really focused. And I studied for the GRE. I did well. And I applied to what I, in my mind, considered the best schools. And this was based on whatever the internet told me, right? So I applied at Hopkins, Emory, Yale, and a bunch of other schools. And I end up getting into all of them and attending Hopkins. And are you ready? After the initial high of getting in, I was so unhappy because I had once again followed what I thought I should do instead of what, what I was actually interested in. So I'll spare you the details of this repetitive cycle of pursuing a goal that I felt I should pursue instead of giving myself permission to openly assess where I am, what's working, what's not working, and then letting myself explore what I genuinely found interesting. And doing that always led me to a place of stress. So the word should, if you think about it, is really heavy. It comes from past experiences or thoughts that we perceived as being important in society or to the people around us without really accounting for our own desires and without validating our own desires. So I landed now in a place where I feel really confident about my purpose, about being a storyteller, about working in a space where I can advance how we view ourselves and our capacity to live brilliant lives and to give back to society. And this was after... Watching people who seemed to love their lives. Like they didn't think of success as this big black door that you would get to after going through this tumultuous journey. These were people in real life and people online that I admired because they seemed happy. And I realized that they got to where they got to in life by trying something, seeing if it fueled their fire. If it didn't, pivoting. And if it did, sticking to it and diving even deeper so that they could do the work with excellence. So I developed this motto for myself and it was whenever I'm stuck at a crossroads, when I'm not sure if what I'm doing is working for me, I need to pivot boldly. So if you break down pivoting, pivoting is the act of moving in a different direction from a central access point. And this last part, this having a central access point is really important the access point is the core and the core needs to be maintained and it needs to be healthy for you to move in any direction without stress the central point is different for different people for me it's my mental physical and spiritual health in some it's really me saying i have to make sure that i feel good more often than not in order for me to know that my central access point is well-oiled and working properly. And it removes the need to assess myself based on what I should do. Instead, it encourages me to assess how I feel and what action to take to feel better if I don't feel good. So the other piece of this is that it allows you to pursue excellence moment by moment. It makes me do things like that that a lot of people think I'm crazy for. Like, I'll often wake up at five or six and go to the gym or go running. Uh, this past weekend, I just finished a half marathon. And not that these are like wild accomplishments, but I really do think that they are building blocks to what makes me feel good on a day to day basis. And. I do these things not because I feel I should do them, but because I know that doing them makes me uh, tilt in a positive direction for the rest of the day. And it allows me to pursue my ideas with confidence. So that's the first piece, the access point. The second piece in this, this idea of pivoting is the actual movement. So how do you make sure you're moving in a progressive direction instead of just like taking a bunch of actions in all sorts of directions and flailing all over the place, right? So for me, this comes from A, trusting myself and my actions and genuinely believing that I'm gonna do the best I can with the intellectual and emotional capacity that I have in each moment in time. And if I know that I didn't do my best, it requires me being honest about that too. And what lets me test new ideas and move fr- move on from failures quickly because i feel like wherever i am, whatever i'm testing, that's what i'm supposed to be doing. And granted, this is just a personal philosophy. Lots of people have lots of different reasons for how they how they govern their lives, and this is mine because it helps me remove a lot of the stress that comes from feeling like I should be somewhere else when I am exactly where I'm at. But let's be clear. Um, we're all gonna explore things that we won't eventually pursue. And that's why it's called exploration. So it's an act rooted in freedom. It's not an act that comes from what we feel we should do. And we're allowed to quit while we're still exploring if we haven't committed to an idea. Interestingly, there's a, an author and a businessman, his name is Seth Godin, who talks really ex- explicitly about quitting. And he says he's he gives himself the freedom to quit if he's still contemplating an idea. So if he's still exploring and He gives himself room to think about what would happen when when like life gets hard. Would I still be committed to this idea? What would happen on a day to day basis? Would I be excited about pursuing this idea? Would I be committed to doing it in an excellent way? And if his answers are not yes, then he doesn't pursue it. But if he thinks, you know what? This is actually a thing I am thrilled to do and I've weighed the pros and cons and I'm going to go for it. If he says yes, then he, he pursues it and he says he won't stop until he's given it 120%. So he's not allowed to stop when things get hard or when he's just not sure when he feels lost. Like that's not a moment to stop. He keeps pursuing action step by action step if he commits to it. And while I don't have anything as rigid in place, any framework as rigid in place for me, I think it's important to test out on a small scale things that you find interesting and then studying what it would require to pursue this idea with excellence and then deciding whether you want to pivot from that idea or if you want to delve even de- deeper. So this is this is why I call this the pivot, because this is how I assess most, if not all of the directions that I think about going in. And for me, being unhappy in grad school, pursuing a public policy degree, led me to test what it would be like to run my own blog. And it turns out, you have to write all the time if you're a blogger, and I hated that. So I was like, all right, what do I actually enjoy? And it was video. I loved watching videos, I loved making videos, and I had to do one for a marketing class, and I was like, yes, like this is cool. So. I loved the idea, and when I tried it, I enjoyed it. And so I decided, I'll pursue this. Like, I'll make more videos. And then I decided I loved it even more when I did interviews with people. I loved having those kinds of conversations. So when I tried to pursue that with excellence, it meant I would have to, you know, find a space to shoot with people, find somebody to help me shoot Um, find the right lighting, etc, etc. And all of this was a lot to handle by the time I had started my nine to five. So I decided, you know what, I could still have these really dope conversations with people over a podcast. And so that's what I did. I switched it from video to podcast. And you could go on YouTube right now and search Depth and Candor. And there are lots of videos. I don't know about lots, but there's probably like 20 videos up there right now. But all of these were a series of pivots. Not at all a, like mind blowing concept. It's a really simple concept. But I think having a phrase or an idea um, around it helps helps you remember it like it helps me remember to not worry and to not feel stressed because if where I'm at is not working, it just means it's time to pivot. It's not, I need to overhaul my life. It's not, I'm lost and I don't know what I'm doing. It's just, I need to take one small action step in a direction that feels correct. And that doesn't mean that I won't experience stress because I do. And I actually think a little bit of stress is good, uh, both physically and to motivate us. But there is a really calming sense of peace that comes with knowing that your actions are building towards something that's bigger than what what you can currently imagine and that they're paving a path even if you don't know where it's leading and you get to actually enjoy the journey. And I say minimal stress because I think life can be fun and it can be full of joy, but usually not knowing the future robs us of that joy and we let it rob us of that joy. So that's all of the internal stuff, right? But there's also very real external factors like the economy that have changed how our generation operates and how we carve out careers because we're living in an age of drones and AI, like we're not even in the information age, we're in the post information age. And Millennials, on average, keep a job for two years before moving on, and this is so wildly different from our parents. We don't know what kinds of jobs will even exist in 10 years because we can literally make them up as we go. And this is the age of the creative, and we can create whatever it is that we want to to see exist in the world. So we can no longer think about a job or a career and think that that is what we're called to do or that that's our purpose. We're going to progressively create things. And that's going to be as a result of technology becoming more and more accessible and affordable. So... If you're stuck wondering what your life's calling is, I encourage you so much to pivot boldly because you don't need to know who you're gonna be or what you're gonna be in five or 10 years. You just need to know how to make your next best move. And that requires that you maintain a sharp axis and trust yourself and your experiences. Okay, so now that that's said and done, I have a list of resources that have helped me in my pivots. So the first one is the art of masterminding. Why do I call everything the art? (laughs) The first one is masterminding. Masterminding is really just having an accountability partner that you set goals with, and then you check in with one another to see if you're actually meeting your goals. And the great thing about this is I've met mastermind groups in real life, and I've had mastermind groups from communities that I've been a part of online. And if you find someone that you feel like you click with and your interests are aligned, I really encourage you to say, yo, I'm looking for someone to hold me accountable and I'd love to do the same for you. Is anyone interested? That stuff works so incredibly well. The second one is online platforms that are free or really cheap and allow you to explore existing interests. So if you're interested in academia or the things that you would learn in academia, you should go to Coursera.com and Coursera is a bunch of Ivy Leagues and these like top schools who come together and offer their classes online for free. You just don't get the degree. So if you're actually considering like going back to school I would really encourage you to try and take some classes on Coursera, see if it still interests you before you commit. The second online platform is Skillshare. So what's super exciting, and I don't know if I'm going to include this at the beginning of of the podcast or not, but I'm partnering with Skillshare for this episode. So I told them, hey, I talk about you guys to all of my friends, and I really want to recommend you to my podcast listeners. Can you give me some sort of, like, discount for anyone listening to Depth and Candor? And they were like, yes, girl. So... If you want to try Skillshare, which is a website that offers like 16,000 classes on all sorts of topics, and I really, really like that platform. So if you go to Skillshare.com and sign up for a trial membership and you type in depth and candor free, so that's depth and candor free, you can get two months of a free premium membership. Das pretty sweet if you ask me okay and last one this goes without saying but YouTube and Google if you don't if you're curious about something at least a thousand other people are also curious about it so if you YouTube it or Google it you are bound to find either the exact answer or an answer that's close enough that'll lead you to something something that you'll continue to explore So if you haven't already found your purpose, I would love to hear how your journey is going. And if you have found your purpose, I would love to hear how you found it. So you can always email me at h-i-w-o-t-e at depthandcandor.com or Instagram me, I'm at h-i-w-o-t-e dot g. I guess you can't Instagram me, it's DM me, right? As always, please rate and review this podcast so that we can grow and become the Oprah of our generation. All right. Love ya. Bye.